I'm Dee Bonnie, and this is the Ignite Your Marriage Podcast. I'm an ER doctor turned marriage coach. Join me on this journey as I share with you issues that I've faced, mistakes that I've made, that all put me in a position where I had to look to God to figure out how to begin doing marriage and life His way, not my way. I believe that average marriages are just mediocre, and I'm on mission to help you abandon mediocrity. Do me a favor, and please click the subscribe button right now. Leave us a review on iTunes. Also, share this with your friends. Marriages will change. I'm going to get raw and vulnerable on here. We're going to talk about things that I face. We'll talk about infidelity, divorce, blended families, communication. We'll discuss how to have healthy conflict. Talk about sex, money, boundaries. If married people deal with it, it will be a topic on here. Get started designing the future you want with your spouse. Let's begin to ignite your marriage. Hey guys, so this podcast today is from a talk that I did called Love is in the Air. It was at a local community event that we're putting on once a month, and I hope that you enjoy it. I'm Dee Bonnie. I'm kind of an ER doc turned marriage coach, and in addition, uh, we have an opiate addiction treatment office on the south side here in Greenwood, where we actually treat people with medication and use counseling, and then we also uh, had, do all of that on the foundation of faith. So that's kind of the two hats that I wear right now, and then I still work full-time in the emergency department. Um, I like to say that I'm uh, ER doctor and marriage coach because I've made all the mistakes that you can make in marriage, and I'm still standing, so... So we are just past Valentine's Day. Did everybody, did you guys have a good Valentine's? Did, did you have a good Valentine's? Did you get Valentine's at school? Awesome. I got some stuffed animals from Dusty. That's awesome. So did anybody get candy? Did you get a nice card? Yeah? Boy, you're on fire. So I want to know, I want to know if anybody here, I have a giveaway for it, has just a good Valentine's Day story, if not from this year, then from previous years. Anybody have a good story? So I think as we like come out of Valentine's Day, the, the talk for this night, for me, uh, is love is in the air or is it? So what's that even mean, the phrase love is in the air? It really kind of speaks to this idea that when we see people in love or they're having a good time or we're focused on marriage and heartwarming things, that we sort of get this emotional giddiness inside of us, right? And supposedly, when love is in the air, it would make us more likely to fall in love or maybe be more amorous towards our spouse. You guys have felt that before, right? Like, we've all experienced that. You watch a good romantic comedy, and then you just kind of feel like love is in the air with your spouse. Uh, and then especially like coming off of Valentine's Day, we have, this, we have this feeling where maybe we're still even kind of on cloud nine in our relationship. But I'm a, I'm, am I the only one? Have you ever felt like that that was, it was kind of short-lived? Like we can all get through 
an anniversary or a Valentine's Day, and we can kind of conjure up these amorous feelings towards our spouse. But then, then it's like real life hits. Like then you're suddenly not feeling all romantic anymore. It's like there's kids to take care of, there are bills to pay, and you're looking at your spouse, maybe not even with romance, but maybe some more resentment and disdain. And so if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a situation where we're actually just living at best amicably as roommates, and at worst, maybe we're sleeping with the enemy. So I've done all of that. I've been in that position in a marriage where I was, where I was just, and just a roommate, just kind of hanging out and going through life, and life was okay. And I've been the other place where I was just kind of in constant conflict and sleeping next to this person that we couldn't really stand each other. And then I've been in the place now in my marriage where, where we actually feel like that there is a bond that's there. So now I'm on a mission. Like, I want to help people find this, this fire inside of themselves with their spouse. Like, I don't want you to just coexist together. I want to help people find something better. You see, it was about three years ago that Megan and I did a deep dive into what God wants us to do, how he wants us to do marriage and life. And then we found, we found in us this, this fire that's always burning. And I want you guys, I want everybody to find that because that'll actually carry you through the storms, through the mountains and the valleys. And so tonight, I want to talk about four things that you can start doing right now I'm going to give you guys permission to use your phones and take notes if you need to. But I want to talk about four things that you can start doing right now to kind of rekindle love and romance in your relationship if you feel like that that's been that's been sort of sort of waning in your life. The first thing that I want to talk about is expectations because I think that in our married life we can set this unattainable idea for what marriage should be for us, and then we're always going to be disappointed. I'll let you guys in on a little secret. I'm a five foot seven, almost 49-year-old man. I am never going to dunk a basketball. And I'm okay with that, but if I were to allow myself to get consumed with this idea that the way that I'm going to bring value or show my value to my family, my friends, or to the world is by being able to dunk a basketball, then I'm going to spend every day, every day, staring at that disappointment. So I think when it comes to our marriages as well, we gotta, we got to take some realistic looks at, at what we're expecting. So if date night comes along, and I'm expecting it to be full of adventure, and suspense and drama. And I think that we're going to have these intimate conversations that would make the characters in the notebook jealous, right? Or that we're going to come home and have like this mind-blowing, earth-shaking intimacy every time that I'm setting myself up to be disappointed. Because when we have a kid-free evening with casual conversation and silliness like we do, I'm still going to think that it wasn't enough. And so, as we're looking at that in our marriages, I think that we have to begin to ascertain, like, what's really important? What am I measuring it up to? Like, what, what's your measuring stick? 
in your marriage? Like, have you ever actually thought about what your expectations are? Because you may have never actually voiced what it is, but you have, you have without a doubt, expectations for what you think. You see, you and your spouse, back when, you started dating, and then you decided that you were going to get married, and then that put in your mind this vision of what married life was going to look like. And I think that if you're looking right now at your, at your life and you're disappointed, it's probably because it's not living up to that vision that you had set. And I think maybe it's time that you recalibrate what those expectations are. So how do we figure that out? I think we look at what we're measuring against. So there's an idea in my mind of what my marriage should be. Where am I getting that from? There's a couple places where we would default from, I believe. One is from our parents. Now, if your parents had like this amazing, loving, compassionate relationship, then you're off to a good start. Like you can measure your relationship against that. But if they, if they had a relationship that, that wasn't full of marital bliss, then you're going to have to make a conscious effort to do things differently than what they did. Because the way we're wired is you will be the husband that your dad was, and you're going to be the wife that your mother was, unless you actually make some decisions to do things differently. And that's going to require you investing in yourself and your own growth. Now, the other place that we look to is Hollywood. Like, we take a look at that, because if it's on the big screen, then it must be ideal. But Hollywood does a terrible job of telling us what our marriage should be. I mean, they're either going to have this unrealistic, lifelong romance that we're expected to emulate, or they're going to throw out all these stereotypes that we really don't want to be. You've seen it. Like the husband's a buffoon, the wife is overbearing, and the only way for anyone to be happy is to engage in infidelity or just this ongoing collection of stuff and things and power and money. And we don't want, we don't want our relationships to look like that. So what do we do? Well, I think we got to find a better measuring stick. And to do that, I believe what, what we have to do is we have to look to people who have a really good marriage. And we have to start doing the things that they do. So find some couples and either get with them or let them be your mentors from afar and start living life the way they're doing it. I mean, Megan and I, we have a great relationship, and I would, I would hold it up to nearly any relationship, but we still screw it up some. I still come up with some stuff that shows how ridiculously selfish I am. Like, I teach this stuff, and I still get it wrong. I don't need an amen. So my encouragement to you is going to be find, find some couples that you can start to pattern your marriage after. Now, don't idolize them because they will disappoint you. And you've got to get to know them enough to make sure that their beautiful married life isn't just a well-edited highlight reel on Facebook. But get with some older people and see, like, see how they treat one another. See what kind of respect they use and what kind of language do they use. And how do, they, how do they deal with conflict between them? So that was the first thing, is we're going to take a look at our expectations. The second thing that I want to talk about is actually how to have healthy conflict. 
Because I think that when we've sat down together with our spouse and we've come up with some expectations and maybe some of those expectations aren't being met and we've already established that they're now reasonable expectations and they're not what Hollywood says we should have, then we need to be able to have a discussion in a safe way, a way that promotes healing and trust and doesn't cause, doesn't cause injury. But that's why I think that it's important that we begin by looking at our expectations because unmet expectations are what lead to conflict, right? She's not doing something you think she should be doing and then there's conflict. But I think that when I get out of my mind these things that my marriage, I think it should do, that the designer of marriage never intended it to do, right there I've eliminated a lot of conflict. For example, my marriage is never going to fix me. It's never going to complete me. It's never going to make me whole. It's never going to make up for these weaknesses that I have in my life. And it's not going to compensate for the things that I see in the mirror that I view as inadequate. So once I reset that expectation, that takes a lot of conflict off the table. But then what do we do? How do we actually have that healthy conflict? Or why is it even important that it's healthy? I mean, if you're telling us that we're going to have conflict anyway, why, why is it even important to do so? Well, it depends on whether you want to get closer and stronger in your marriage or you want to get divorced. 93% of couples who fight dirty are divorced in 10 years. Think about that for a minute. If you want to engage in a dirty fight, as we go into 2030, you won't be married. So I think that it's important for us to begin to look at ways in which we can actually have good conflict in our marriage without letting it, letting it derail us. So when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to that, there's two things that I want to encourage you to do starting tonight so that you can, you can have healthier conflict. The first one is stop trying to win. When you have an argument, stop trying to win. You can either be right or you can be happy. You get to choose. So what we see is that when... No. What we see is that when people are engaged in conflict where they're trying to win, that doesn't resolve anything in the, in the relationship. It doesn't resolve anything when it comes to making the relationship better. How many of you out there actually feel better after a disagreement with your spouse? Do you know the healthy, the healthy couples actually do? They feel better after a disagreement because they've moved that conversation towards harmony and resolution. Isn't that amazing? To know that you could engage in conflict with your spouse and actually feel better because you moved in a healthy direction. So the first thing that I want you to do is stop focusing on winning. Because when I try to win, all I'm doing is emotionally beating down my wife, I'm isolating her, I'm driving a wedge between us, and I'm eroding intimacy. The second thing that you can work on, if you want to have better conflict resolution, is try with all of your might to respect your partner as you're in disagreement. Newlyweds, this is for you too. Respect your partner when you're in disagreement because the people that are fighting unhealthy, 
they want to belittle the other person during the engagement. Because again, it kind of goes back to this idea of like, I'm going to prove myself right, I'm better than you. And so if you want to have healthier disagreements in your relationship, try to show respect during those times. You know the people with the healthiest relationships, what they do? They come up with five positive comments to every one negative conflict, comment during arguments. Like, that's insane. Five to one. So here's what I want you to do. The next time that you and your spouse are in a disagreement, a tiff, and maybe if you're lucky, maybe if you're lucky, it'll happen tonight on the way home, so you can use this. Stop. Stop and say, what is my objective here? What am I actually trying to accomplish in this? Am I just trying to win the argument? Am I just trying to prove my point? Or am I seeking to actually understand? And then I want you to take a look at what you're saying and how you're saying it. Like, are you saying things that are coming off respectful? Or is your nonverbal communication, the eye roll, the huff, and then like the turning away? Because that's not at all going to promote rekindling that romantic, loving feeling that you're looking for. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in here for a minute and interrupt the podcast and say that I really hope that this information is bringing value to you, that this content is blessing you in some way. If you find this information helpful, I wanted to let you know that next month on March 24th, if you live in the Greenwood or Indianapolis area, we're having another community event just like this one. I'm going to be speaking on the topic, Lucky You, since it's March. It's at the Greenwood campus of Emanuel Church on Stones Crossing. You have to come to the north entrance of the building. So when you turn in off of Stones Crossing, you go to the opposite side of the main building. But that's March 24th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's fun. We do giveaways. We have food and drinks, and we make it a good time. And this is literally just a community event to try to bring community together because I don't think that there's enough of that. So if you find this information helpful, please join us live in person next month. And it's going to be a great time. I'm excited for the talk because i got some cool, fun things to say that hopefully will impact you in a way that as you move forward from that night that you see life a little bit differently. We'll get back to the podcast now. The third item that I want to discuss for you guys is I want you to deploy love. That's a funny way of saying it, right? Why does he say just like act loving? No, I want you to deploy. I want you to deploy love with the level of commitment of a battalion going in to fight the enemy. Because there is an enemy that wants to destroy your marriage. And you know, the thing of it is, is he's He's pretty happy with just engaging in biological warfare in your relationship. Like, he'll insert this virus of mediocrity. He doesn't have to come along and knock your relationship out with infidelity or a gambling addiction. He'll insert this virus of mediocrity, and you'll just die by a thousand cuts. And he's very happy if you just kind of smolder along and you pass that on to your children and your grandchildren, because then when a real attack comes along and there's sexual temptation or there's uh, chronic illness or there's in-law issues, I mean, it's all but over. So this idea of deploying love is one of being on mission 
I think if I see myself on mission to show my love to my wife, that I'm actually disconnecting the action of love from the feeling. Because here's the thing. Love is an action, but we tell ourselves in our mind and in our society that I have to feel loving in order to show love. And that's just ridiculous. Like, how many, how many of you have ever gone to work out, not wanting to, and then afterwards, you were glad you did? Has that ever happened? So what happened was, after you did the action, you then felt like doing the thing that you did. See, feelings are terrible gods. And so, I want you to think of it this way. So, your life is a train, and the track, the track is where you decide in your mind that you're going to go with your marriage. And then the engine in the front, that's key, the engine in the front is the action that you've decided is going to take you where to get there. All along, way in the back, way back here, is the little caboose. That's your feelings. They're not important to where you're going or how you get there. But wherever you lead them, that caboose is going to come along and follow. So we have to get this idea out of our minds that I'm going to treat my wife loving when she deserves it. So if you find yourself tonight in a stalemate with your spouse where you're just kind of suffering and bland indifference, and you're waiting to feel like igniting that marriage, welcome to the next 20 years of your life because it's not going to change. You've got to make a decision to disconnect your actions from your feeling. The fourth thing that I want to talk to you guys about tonight, the last one, we'll end on this, is the idea of spending on your marriage. Spending your time spending your money. So if your marriage is important to you, show me on your calendar and show me in your checkbook how that's true because the way that I spend my time is how I reveal what's important to me and the way that I spend my extra money is how I show what my priorities are. So I don't care if you don't have a ton of money around, spend some time on date night. Buy a book on marriage. Start spending time together doing a devotional that's going to grow your marriage and get you closer to God and one another. Because in the end, I'm either going to show that my marriage is important to my spouse, or I'm going to let all of these less important but seemingly urgent things choke it out. So we each have a choice. I mean, I've always gone back to this. 168 hours. That's what we all have in a week. So you want to push my buttons, you tell me I don't have time to do X, Y, or Z. And that just drives me mad. We all have the same amount of time. It's what we prioritize. So if growing your marriage and getting closer to your spouse is important, then you'll start, you'll start spending your time in your calendar. You'll start putting a line item in your budget to have date night, to pay a babysitter, to get away together. Now, we got a year until next Valentine's Day. So let's start right now with developing that relationship that 
doesn't just get a nice Facebook post on an anniversary or Valentine's Day, and then everything's kind of back to blah. I want us to all have a relationship that's post-worthy every day. What would that be like? And then think about it this way. Think about if you develop the relationship that you want to have, that God intended for you, that relationship becomes the measuring stick for your children because then you're showing them what they should expect when they get married. And then when your daughter is dating some guy who doesn't show respect during disagreements and doesn't understand how to set reasonable expectations on the relationship, she's like, you're not the guy for me because that's not how mom and dad did it. So I appreciate you guys being here. Pour into your marriage, spend some time, invest on it. Expectations, learning how to handle conflict, deploy love, and spend time on your marriage with your, spend time and money on your marriage. Okay, so I hope this episode has blessed you guys in some way. Just a quick recap here. The four things that you can do to start rekindling romance and love in your marriage is first of all, take a look at what your expectations are because that's going to be the measuring stick that we're using to determine if we're even in the right game, in the right ballpark with our marriage. The second step is to learn what it takes to have healthy conflict in your relationship. Guys, this is so important because until we can learn to disagree in a way that actually builds up one another and builds up our relationship, we're going to continue to struggle. The third thing that you need to do is to deploy love. Disconnect the idea that love is a feeling and I can't do loving things until I feel loving towards my spouse. The fourth thing that I want you to do is spend on your marriage. Spend your time and your money on your relationship. Show your spouse that it's important. Start working money items into your budget so that you guys can go out and do things. Start scheduling time together on your calendar so that you can pour into each other. Uh, Thanks for joining in, and I'll be excited to connect with you on our next podcast. Until then, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. That really helps us get this information out because people around us are hurting. And I want you and everyone around you to learn how to ignite your marriage 